Welcome to episode 306 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Episode 306 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. You good, mate? I'm sensational. It's a, it's a beautiful morning, isn't it? The, the lights of the city are starting to close off and the sun is coming up. Red sky in the morning, shepherd's warning. Oh, is it going to be like that, is it? Yeah, it's a nice red sky, but it's going to be a nice toasty day for us. But if it's a shepherd's warning... Then it's going to go southerly change tonight. What time? Don't know. Come on, us tonight. Don't really want to coach in the southerly change. <laughs> Oh, well, I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com Get on them because we've got another coffee fact for you this week. Great. Yes. Athlinks.com Tell your friends. And Extreme Endurance. Just tell everyone because it's great stuff. There we go. And this week's show we've got some news. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got workout... Is this this week? No. no well, why is it in the top of this week's show notes? Oh, I'm looking at next week's show notes. That's why. That's right. We've got website uh, of the week. Club of the week. Oh, club of the week. That's an old school one coming back. <laughs> Where'd that come from? 2007. What well, is the email from 2007? <laughs> Were you desperate for content? I was going through and I was thinking, that was it. We, we did have that for a little while. So I, I went back to my Club of the Week file and there was still one on there. Club of the Week was, was, was the idea was that it was actually a bit of PR, really. We were thinking if we could get the clubs involved, they'll put us on their websites. And so we people did. It was kind of a good idea, but we didn't really back it up, did if we? You want some, if you want to give your club or your organisation a bit of love, and we'll get them on there. Okay, so we've got a couple of weeks our backs. from 2007. Yeah. So it was only the first year into the show. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, we'll be excited. I wonder Must what happened. Must have been a good feature. I bet you this person has been waiting all this time to go into himself. Yes, finally. <laughs> we've got some questions and answers at the end, and we've got a joke of the week, team. But don't worry, it's not long, and it's okay. Good. So it was okay. I thought. Good. Yeah. Who gets to tell it? You or me? Um, you can tell it. If you okay, like. I'll tell this one. Okay, news. And again, we've got a big, big show this week. I think oh, recently we've been hitting nearly two hours, or at least an hour and a half per show. Don't think it's going to be happening this week, John. No, we're going to we're going to descend today's show. We're going to start out with. I think it's going to be building. You know, we haven't got a lot of news. Easter weekend, there's not a lot of news happening. But it's funny how you call it descend if you're building. You're, de- you're descending your times. You're yeah, getting, your times are getting getting um, smaller. So yeah, getting faster. Yeah. Anyway. A lot of people get confused by that. Yeah, if you a, ever go, tip, it could tip, be tip of the week. Taken either way, couldn't it? Tip of the week is if you have a swim session and you and it's descend a descending set, that means you get progressively faster. So say it's four by two hundred, descend one to four. That means your first one would be say whatever, say three minutes thirty. Your next one might be three minutes twenty. Next one three fifteen. Last one three ten. Look oh, at that, John. There you go. Jeez, it's a good reason to listen to the show, guys. Yeah. It really is. You learn so much. Okay, news. First of all, what's happening in the KPR system, John? The Kona Pro Rankings. I thought what was We are desperate, aren't we? We are. pulled out the Kona Pro Rankings, this yeah. is the first piece of news. Yes. <laughs> but what was interesting was, when I, I thought, I'll have a quick look at this, but then I thought also, wonder how many people are actually registered. And there's more than I thought there would be. So on the girls' side of things, there's 202 um, pro athletes registered. So they've all coughed up um, 750 US. And there's 341 men registered registered so quite a lot um and but for the pros it is quite a good deal when you pay 750 unlimited races unlimited races it's a bit of a no-brainer really isn't it even if you're just like a good you know nine hour kind of age grouper yeah 
you know, you're going to enter as a pro, aren't you? Especially if you if you race in Europe or in uh, in the states. You know, there's so many 70.3s now, and I assume that your pro license also enables you to enter 5150 races as well. So it's a good little package deal they've got going on. The only way it wouldn't work is if you're an age grouper trying to get to Kona. But then you wouldn't race pro. No, I mean, let's say I'm a nine-hour guy, and you go, "Well, I'll see 100 bucks as many races as I want." But I want to go to Kona. You're not going to get there as a pro, are you? So, yes, just, right. just saying. Um, so on the girls' side, things at the moment, Leander Cave is on top, uh, 9,250 points. Caroline Stephen second. Miranda Carfrey third. Joycey fourth. And Joe Lorne fifth. And then also in the top ten, you've got Chrissy Wellington. So she's going to have an asterisk next to her name. And also Karen Thurig um, is still there from her performances last year. And I'm pretty sure she's retired because she was rooming with... Caroline Stephan, and I'm pretty sure Kona was her last race that she was she was doing. Oh, was it? Pretty positive, yeah. Oh, well, okay. um, on the guys' side of things, what's interesting on the guys' side of things is Craig Alexander has more than double the points of anybody else. But he's done. He's won two big races, hasn't he? Yeah, he won plus Kona, a, plus which is a, six thousand, and he plus the seventy point three world champs. He's oh. got. Yeah. He's got the three oh, maximum so points you can get. Wow, so that is thirteen thousand points, whereas Timo Brack's got six thousand, and he's yeah. had a pretty good season as well. Yeah, so he had uh, he had a win in somewhere, somewhere. Yep. He's, had, he's had two wins in Ironman races. He's won a four thousand pointer and a two two thousand winner. So the question becomes now: Is it the NBC of Crowey and Tulkona, other than seventy point threes? Oh, totally. Yeah. yeah. No, he won't get another Ironman. He's gone. So he'll be. Uh, he'll he's locked it in, Eddie. Lock it in, Eddie. He's Lock locked it in, in Eddie. Uh, so definitely he'll be um, just a few 70.3s, but Olympic distance racing, I would imagine. Uh, so he's, he's just crushing everybody. But remember when we spoke to um, Dirk Bockel last year, I think he, he was saying somewhere in the 3,000 point sort of range was, was going to get you in last year. The top 10 guys, 10th uh, t- place has already got 3,985 points. So I wonder if that's going to be slightly, maybe slightly higher this year in terms of the points you need to, to score. How many guys is it? 50? Uh, 65. I think it goes 50 to the first date and then another 15 or so, something like that. Oh, so these guys here are they, aren't they? If you're on yeah, 4,000 now, you're in. You'd, you'd think yeah, so. totally. Yeah. You'd think so. Yep. Uh, so that's it. You've got uh, Craig Alexander first, Timo Brank second, Pete Jacobs third. You know, Pete Jacobs hasn't raced, he's just done Kona. Um, so he'll have to validate sure. but that. But you, kinda, you, you get a top 10 in Kona, you're kind of guaranteed. But you've still got to go validate. Yeah, you've got to validate it, but you're not, you're, yeah. So uh, Cam Brown's fourth with his two good races at. Uh, Ironman New Zealand with a 70.3 and then uh, North America uh, the Asia-Pacific champs and Andreas Raylert in fifth. The sky's changing every minute, isn't it? It is. It's quite beautiful, John. I'm just going to take it away. in the morning. Yeah. It's a hell of a lot more interesting than KPR, isn't it? Tell you, John. <laughs> Let's go with John's idea update. What's happening oh, there? It's going to be good times this weekend, Bevan. It's the first round of the World Triathlon Series. It's not called the World Championship Series anymore. It's called the World Triathlon Series. Why did they change it? Um... Well, because I, I don't know why they went with World Championship Series. It's like, it's not, not every race is a World Championship. Most people view a World Championship as a one-off event. But if you call it a series... Yeah, I don't know. Because it, it's it like, work. What's, what's baseball called the championship? Yeah, but that's not even a World Championship. Because it's American teams playing American teams. It's a World Championship, John. Well, Just it's like the Coast to Coast is the World Multi-Sport <laughs> Championships. How do they manage that? Well, nobody else is going to claim it. Well, why don't we put on a race? I was thinking after doing my run the other week. You know how I did my 5K child trial? Yeah. We could have an I Am Talk Duathlon. And what it is, 
is do the by five k loop. So you go from my house down the hill, around the river, back up the hill, mm-hmm. one lap of that for your run. Then you do three laps of that same course on the bike, and then another lap of the run. Okay. That'd be death, wouldn't it? It would be death. It'd be pretty good. We have official traffic management for this. Nah, shit, no. <laughs> it would just be ready go, and maybe yep, because the run would split the field. I've got a really good idea as well. We'll handicap it and give you a really easy handicap so you can win. No, <laughs> listen to it. You're full of crap. I had a hard handicap, but I did win. <laughs> yeah. Okay, we can do that. Uh, so yeah, big big weekend. Lots of qualifying stuff on the line for a lot of countries. Uh, the, the lowdown is apparently Aussies is uh, this. This, this yeah, we've got a lowdown here, John. You've got some inside news. The Aussies, oh, it's a bit of an accent. I can't, they're gonna, there's going to be some, some issues when they do their selections. Because, because they've got too many good guys? No, well, they've got good guys, but um, it's just all selector discretion. And so, wait, wait, but there must be some givens. Because they've got three slots? Yeah, uh, I think they have given one, but it's still all. No, but I mean, like, there must be like the obvious person, is it? Yep, yep. So on the guy's side, there is. On the girl's side of things, there's probably about five girls. So mm-hmm. two are going to miss out. And probably everybody's got a case for saying, hey, why don't you pick me? Yep. And court cases have happened before, so we're, we'll wait and see what happens in Australia. It must be frustrating, you know, for in New Zealand at the moment, we've got this guy called Jacko, what's his name? Jacko Gill. Jacko Gill. He's, he's a young shot putter and he's, um, you know, kind of world champion for world his age champion. group. Yeah. Crushing. Yeah, crush, crushing and, being, you know, really doing really well. And they didn't pick him for the Olympics because he only got the big qualifying time. And so, and I'm saying he still can get into the Olympics, but for him, you know, he, he hasn't quite got the qualification time, but he's only like, what, 17, 18? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, and he said, well, I'm not going to go to the Olympics now because for me to prepare you know, correctly for the Olympics, I need to know for this period of time that's going to happen. So he's kind of pulled out and it's been controversial over here. You know, it must be, you know, and you kind of look at him and you go, well, this guy could be an Olympic gold medalist, maybe not this time, but in the next, you know, few Olympics and, you know, maybe it's worth developing him. But it must be so frustrating when your career is out of your hands, if, mm. you know, just because it's a selective thing. You're sure if it's based on times and you don't get there, well, fair enough. But if you, you know, you show you're of a certain standard and it's just up to someone liking you. Especially when it's left fairly late in the piece for the selection. So we're, we're already into April and the Olympics are in August. It's not that far until the Olympics. So, you know, the smart countries tend to, well, I don't know if smart's the right word, but the, it's so much better if you can give your athletes a maximum amount of time to prepare mm. because a lot of these athletes will have to be trying to almost peak this weekend um, and then... Then they've got to you know carry on racing and then try to be expected to peak again in August. So mm. very very tough. So uh, yeah. what's your view on the idea of the teams that have three races at the Olympics having a big advantage over the teams that don't have two? In terms of number of athletes, yeah, like you know, like when we won the gold, when Hamish mm. won the gold and Bevan got silver, who was the Kiwi guy? The other guy, Reed, Matt Reed, yeah, yeah, Matt Reed. So Matt Reed pretty much sacrificed his race to make sure we could get some medals. He, he raced hard, didn't he, yeah. for the for his team players? Now, if we only get two riders, two races this year in the males race, that's going to be a disadvantage for those athletes, isn't it? Because a, a lot of teams will have that third guy who's there just to work for their top guys. With a, with a th- I don't think with a team a size of three, you can't really dominate the race. We're in cycling, when you've got a team of eight, then you can really start to, to dominate it. But most countries, their third guy is generally going to be pretty strong in terms of uh, his overall ability so yeah I think it has some influence but it's not 
massive so compared, only really compared to cycling where you can really shut guys out okay. three, three people you can you, know, you can you can get get around you can't set up a massive line on the front when there's only three of you or two you'd have to have at least two guys lapping it out and it's pretty easy to disrupt them but uh, that's when yeah for, for team racing really to happen at, at some events where you have you know maybe have six guys in there you know from a con- one country can have six in a race then that can start to have some influence but three you know that, at, that on that day it just happened that Hamish and Bevan were both Kiwis. Same thing would have happened if um, if they weren't they weren't working together at all. And and the other guy, but did um, Matt Reed help them? He did a little bit in the swim, but yep. it, I wouldn't have said it had a massive influence on the race. Okay, but I'm just um, asking John because you are the, the ITU but the, expert. But the, but the challenge is, is if you do have this team thing coming up, how are you going to look after that third person in the team? Because it's not you know you'd have to pay them a fair amount of money to sacrifice their their event. Whereas in cycling you're on a team roster and you're getting paid a salary, mm-hmm. whereas in triathlon, if I go and help, you know, not me, so say you go and help Bevan Doherty at a, at a world championship race, um, world triathlon series race to win, then it's going to be Bevan Doherty who's going to have to pay him the money out of his winnings to, to do that. Do you think that happens much? A little bit with the, the Spanish and stuff, apparently do it, do it a little bit. and um, Give him a freaking bit of cash? Yeah. I'll give 500 bucks if you ride for me now. Yeah, but it's not enough to, to, to specialise in that type of... Is there enough money in the sport to make that happen? Mm, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Okay. Um, no Brownleys this weekend? No Brownleys, no Gomez. So the guys' race is a bit open, wide open, but um, the strength of the fields are always very, very good. The girls' side of things should be um, interesting. You've got all the, the Emmas from Australia. You've got uh, Andrea Hewitt, uh, Helen Jenkins, so it should be good racing. You, you had predictions? That was for next week. I was going to, next week, because we rec- we're pre-recording next week's show, so I was going to predict next week and look back after oh, that sort of thing. Oh, okay, we'll do so that for next week. This is what I think was going to happen. Okay, and Mecca is, is last chance? Yes. So if this weekend he doesn't qualify? Well, it's not quite his last chance, but more or less. Well, what do you mean? Well, I'm not sure when they're naming their teams, but if he can't make an impact, if he makes a huge impact this weekend... So it's do or die this weekend, really, well, In my it? opinion, I think it is. Uh, I don't know when they're naming Nice, I you put that caveat on my opinion. Yeah, yeah. because uh, if he goes out there and crushes it and breaks away on the bike, then selectors might go, oh. But otherwise, yeah, I can't. Where would you rank him currently? Understand. Where would you rank him currently? Well, the thing is, it's all, it's, it's, one thing is his ranking, so I don't know, he probably ranks maybe... No, but within the Australian team. Maybe fourth, fifth, something oh, like so that. Oh, so he's close. He's close. But he contradicts their best chance of success. So Brad Carterfelt is Australia's best chance of, of getting a medal. Yep. And um, what Mackerel will do, because Mackerel will be down in the swim, uh, he'll potentially pull Bad guys good up. runners yep. up into the field to, to, to you know, so I, I don't know. Maybe you could have a job sense. of slowing him down, John. Potentially. Because I've had cycle races where cyclists have done that to me and it annoys the crap out of me. One time I was doing a race... And I can't remember what it was, some tour. And there was a pack in front of us, and there was a, and there was a big pack. But I was trying to break the bridge, bridge the gap. And so mm-hmm. I took off, and I got away from the pack, and I was slowly to catch him. And then this other guy came up behind me, and he goes, I was going to sit behind you just to annoy you. And he literally mm-hmm. said that to me. And it did. It really annoyed me. I was angry. Fired up. Show my angry face. We've got uh, coming up this weekend, we've got hits in Napa Valley. Nice place. Must be a nice place to race in Napa Valley. We're apparently, riding through all the, the vineyards um, and some nice towns. So it'll be good times. And John. Yes. Would you want to do your next one yet? No, you can go for it. This weekend, Lance. Yes. People are loving the This Week in Lance. Yes. People give me lots of This Week in Lance stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you what, this week there's been quite a few This Week in Lance topics, John. Yes. First of all, Mecca was trying to set up a race mm-hmm. with Lance, a, a, a race that was designed distance-wise to, to even out the different abilities. Mm-hmm. So the distance they were going to be going for was a 2K swim, 
a 64k bike and a 14k run it was just meno oh meno mm-hmm. and it fell through yes because lance pulled out last minute allegedly well allegedly yeah it's always put that <laughs> yeah 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 and uh and but it looks like it's still gonna be going ahead so we've got chris liado ronnie shilnick um jordan rap tony Lorenzo brazoni craig alexander Mm. These guys are racing Philippe Gilbert. I don't know any of the cyclists' names. Cyclists: Philippe Gilbert, Levine, Levi Leipheimer, uh, George Bacami, and Cappy. That guy too. Um, Robert U- McEwen. McEwen. Yeah, that guy too. <laughs> and Fabian Kinsar. Kinsalara. That one too. Yeah. There you go. Jeez, man, I'm pretty sharp at this stuff, aren't I? So anyway, so that's going to be going ahead, but Lance is no longer a part of it. That's this week. Also, VLO News had um, a piece about how Lance is going to be returning to a pro peloton. But John, it was a joke. Yes. You, you had the smile on the face. And it was a little bit obvious it was a joke, but John, because in the title, it was done by Mary Prankster. Right. So that was a bit of a giveaway, Mary Prankster. And then lastly, Road had, uh, got this tweet from Lance. Mm-hmm. Were that tight? Actually, someone sent it through. Just rode the Ironman France course with Andy Shalek and um, some other guys that I probably can't pronounce the name with. Yes. Technical, lots of climbing, descending, hard. So right. He, is, he doing, is he doing France? He's doing Ironman France. That's where he's got to do an Ironman somewhere. And I just think it shows what a professional he is when he always goes to events and he's meticulously prepared. We've seen plenty of coverage of him over in Kona and he was always renowned for going to the mountains and riding the stages of the tour multiple times whereas other guys would rock up on the day and uh, and yeah. just do it. And he's obviously doing that for France as well. I think he'll absolutely crush everybody in France. I mean, we'll just have to see how... When's France? Usually in June, around June time, sometime. Okay. Um, so we'll have to see how he copes on the run in terms of his, uh, by the sounds of it, his nutrition and um, and cramping issues. But on that type of course, when it's a weaker field and he's not going to have to deal with guys sort of sitting in the group and it won't be quite as tactical, I think he'll absolutely decimate everybody. Do you think you'll get anyone there to Sorry? race against them? Oh, you always get some good guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get some good guys, but. Um, you know, one-on-one, it's pretty easy for him probably to get away on the bike. And yep. um, once he's away... And he's proven he can swim. Yeah. You yeah. know, like so, in Texas, so... And he was also over at the Paris-Roubaix as well. That was um, add to your Lance file this well, week. Well, no, it wasn't, but thank you, John. He was at the Paris-Roubaix. This week, and Lance is yes. strong this week. And Tom Boonen crushed everybody at Paris-Roubaix, and Lance Armstrong was apparently there. Just What's Paris-Roubaix? It's a big bike race. Oh, okay. What Riding I over the cobbles. Oh, really? Mm. That can't be fun. It's a very prestigious race. Well, one thing around it, John, is, is you guys listening to the show, when you send me in this week's Lance, I want to hear the ridiculous stuff as well. We, we're really trying to take the piss out of the fact that Lance gets so much PR just because he's come to the sport. So I'm sure we want to hear the, the stuff that he's doing. But send me through the funny things you see that, oh, my God, I can't believe we're putting attention to this because that's what we're talking about. One other piece I did read for this week's Lance is that WTC are trying to find more money now that Lance is racing. They're basically going along and saying, look, you know, these big sponsor companies, yeah, yeah. We, we want you in our pocket now. Exactly. And Lance means more eyes. More eyes means more malah. Just right. saying. There's another race happening in a different oh, part of God Zone. This is just a bit of padding news because yeah, we're running this? God Zone. So if you want to come down to New Zealand, if you want, last week we had the, th- the thing where you've, if you lost your mojo um, and you want to try something different, we've got a new event in New Zealand called God Zone, which is a um, it's sort of like an eco, eco challenge uh, endurance race. Just a new race down New Zealand you were just real, weren't you I saw it on the news last night it started up stunning go through Milford Sound finish in Queenstown it's like a five well, John, six it's already started. 
Yeah, it started at the weekend. I'm just saying, if you want to look for something for next next year, oh. it's, a, it's a state team race. You have teams of uh, generally have teams of four. Got have one Seven female days. in there. Um, usually very expensive to to enter, but um, pretty incredible adventures. And but you need to have a good team navigator because you basically you rock up. You don't know where the course is going, and I think maybe 12 hours before the race start, you get given the map of where you're going, and it's all bushwhacking, cross country stuff, like proper full on cross country. So if you get it wrong, you're in a bit of bother. No much prize money. Oh, they haven't got it. Mm. Okay, there you go. It's, it's usually quite quite high prize money. But well, that sport became very popular in the kind of late nineties, two thousands. Because and then it faded. Yeah, because the Discovery Channels and stuff picked up on it, and apparently they picked up on this. But like those eco challenges and stuff, that used to be like big money, hundred thousand dollars sort of prize yeah. money. But, but now, it cost you a hell of a lot to go and do it. Well, Emma did quite a few, didn't she? Mm. Yeah, because it was always hard to find strong chicks. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. Um, did you see John did you watch uh, Triathlete Mag and Ironman.com this week yeah I did happen to oh, see it what yeah. was on there John oh there was some some <laughs> podcast called Legends of Triathlon again padding for more news here that's right we are that's desperate it. <laughs> that's it we're basically we've got, we got on some of the websites this week but you know, basically we've got the Legends of Triathlon show out and this month we've got Greg Welsh on the show and it's a really great interview so if you haven't checked it out check, check, check it out on legendsoftriathlon.com John sponsor athlinks.com now we're giving people a bit of love but we we always encourage you guys to get on Athlinks, claim all your results, um, put them in your calendar so you can see who's going up, store your results in one place, that's all fantastic, but um, we sometimes like to give people a bit of love, and these are the first finishers um, who are signed up on Athlinks from um, Ironman Melbourne. I'm going to start calling it Ironman Melbourne because I don't believe it's the Asia Pacific Championships. I'm just going to call it Ironman Well, no, well, John, it is and it isn't, mm. because for the pros it definitely is, mm. although you don't qualify for it, do you? No. But it gets, a, it gets that kind of level feel, yes, doesn't it? it does. So for the pros, you can definitely say, yep, yeah, no, you deserve that title. Yeah. Age groupers, mm, sales out in four minutes, first and first served. So yes. if you're an age group champion there, you can't really say it so much. You can say you're the Ironman Melbourne champion. Yeah. There you go. Okay. So the, the athletes champion is, goodness, I could have made this a bit bigger for myself. Yeah, even I'm struggling with this one, mate. Let's go, oh, go to 150%, Bevan. Let's go I'm going to say Ollie Allen. Ollie Allen from... It doesn't say where they're from. But no? he finished second in his age group. He's 35. And he was 24th overall. He got checked by two people, because two girls, because he's 26. What are, you, what are you doing here? He's got, he's oh, the first athlete finishes. Okay. Yeah, first okay. athlete finishes. Yep. So he okay. did eight hours 54. Outstanding, Ollie, if you're listening. Oh, that is smoking. Swam 57, rode 443, and run 3.07. And the second athlete finisher. Gavin Stewart. Gavin Stewart. My dad's name's Gavin. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Good, Gavin, good. Gavin James Isles Bevan good. James Isles just changed one letter <laughs> uh, he was uh, he finished 95th overall 86th male and 16th in his age group in the 40s so he only got 16th in his age group with a 922 wow <laughs> that's pretty tough that is pretty tough especially in the 40 age group yeah so look, he's got his age there is 40 so I guess he's just aged up thinking right yeah, I'm, I'm sweet take I'm going to yeah. take out these coming across fellas. the line 922 I must be close to that Kona slot 16th <laughs> he swam 58 rode 450 and ran 327 on the girls side of things yep fifth um, fee, no fifth in her age group 26th female and 318th overall was do you want to do the surname, Bevan? I'll do the first name. No, I'm killing names today. You can do it. <laughs> Marina. Okay, Djurkovic. Djurkovic. You're right there. Yeah, I'll give okay. you that. She finished in 10.08, and then second place in the athletes' finishes was Georgie 
Camaricus nice. in 1023. So what you want to do, guys, is basically once you've done a race, let's say you've done Ironman Melbourne a couple weeks ago, once you've gone on a race, just juggle the athletes and then you can just claim your results. So they'll have the race results there and they're pretty good at getting race results up pretty quickly, especially yep. for these bigger races. Um, and if not, you just put a link to the race on the Athlinks website and it'll turn up pretty quickly after that. Then you just go and claim your result and it's a really easy process. You basically go in there, you click claim and Bob's your uncle. Athlinks.com. Check, check, check it out. Hot topic, John. Brought to you by SLS Try. Last week the topic was... Well, let's give some love to the person who sent through the topic. Yeah, okay. Uh, last, the topic was really, with all the drafting that happens in, in Ironman races these days, would an individual time trial start work in Ironman? And the person who sent it in, Bevan, will enlighten us in a second. You should really put that when you do the show notes, Sean. <laughs> uh, Glenn Newbold. Um, nah, we can never do this as I think it gives an advantage to the late starters, knowing what times are in in front of them, and it gives them rabbits to chase after. Keep going, because I'm still trying to find the name. Okay. Tim Gardner. It's good enough for the Tour de France for 50k max. Crowds like to see a mass start. One of the most iconic moments in the sport and it belongs to our sport. And they like to know the first person across the line is the person that won the race. Keep going. Switch off. Zlato Tomic. Um, That's people, a great name. Zlato. People forget that time trial doesn't automatically mean there is no luck involved. Look at the Rome time trial a few in the Giro a few years ago, won back by... Canavalis. Um the guy won because the rain fell for the later starters. Wind can pick up temperature sores, all these things affect Good point. the outcome. Good point. Good I point. like the kind of format as it is. Okay, keep going. Andrew Kerr, best ever idea, sport in its purest form. Um, and while we're at it, let's sort out age group racing too. Drago deserve John. That's what it is. It's a great name. You, you just go. pick up chicks if you've got a name like that, don't you? Of course you do. John Newsom, Bevan Isles are boring names, but Drago deserve. There you go. Yeah. I even put a bit of a spin on Drago deserve. Where are you up to? You know you know who's cracking me up lately? Matthew Bins. Matthew, you're the grumpy old man with the kids on the lawn. Get up my lawn! <laughs> because don't be ideal de- and dingo, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> do, uh, do the time and space required uh, for starting 1,500 individuals, even just a minute apart, and you'll see there's a day long and night waiting for them to finish, even a short race like an Olympic distance event. I'd also argue that there would be a bigger drafting benefit for the back market riding through the thousand other riders there would be a constant sl- uh, slide draft for the back riders to pass through thus giving them an advantage nice trial fail Matthew <laughs> Bins give some love mate give some love because he gave us a hard time I did you know Matthew just you know maybe you need a hug uh, Andrew Brunt oh, oh don't attack that chair kitty cat oh no the kids oh, are to do anything goodness. in this house the kids are to do a, anything rule yeah. with an iron fist Joe yeah, no. don't take any crap from the cat uh, find, that, I'll find that out with my children if I did it on the chair I'd be told off but not the cat <laughs> uh, Andrew Brunt how will you organise a swim start age groupers need to start in waves that may stop some drafting as it is a problem Okay, Will Cannon's Matthew Bunn's team. Ridiculous suggestion. Imagine what the Iron War would have been like with a TT start. It takes out that personal aspect of racing. You wouldn't see the leaders run side by side for hour after hour. The tactics that Mecca used to win in 2010 would disappear. Watching Ironman Melbourne last weekend seeing all those guys run side by side was awesome and it would be terrible to lose their aspect from our sport also it would be unfair and take away the opportunity for the winner to run down the alley drive unsure of whether or not they won or not 
Uh, Matt Nederland, so they, uh, so they do it in the Tour de France TT, so we want it. Crazy. Crazy. Craziness. Uh, they don't do it for the marathon, do they? It's a race. The pros are policed well for drafting. Look at Melbourne where the first four were running side by side at the start of the run. It was fantastic. It would turn something boring um, to watch, and I still love, into something even more boring. Well, I'll finish off Rodney Jackson, and people are a bit hard on but Draco here. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's just he was just thinking an idea. He got a bit excited. That's okay. It's a horrible idea, he says. Changing the form of the race would change the substance. One of the great things about Ironman racing is that everyone races together. Age groupers compete against the same course at the same time and conditions at the same time. Well, not really time start time nowadays, but in the best of the best, you get to participate and fan at the same time. Maybe the Tour de France should let amateurs race in the tour. Nice. No, because it's. Diff- you know, yeah, I it mean, would never happen. No, nice thought. But, but and most people couldn't do the Tour de France. No, they couldn't. But, but, but people that don't know, I mean, in the Tour de France, you have uh, the, tap. The, the tap and the other one, the Marmotte. Um, so there are, you know, you can go and ride the Tour de one of the stages of the Tour de France, basically, you know, exactly as the, as they do it. So um, there is that opportunity to go and do it, do that. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. The, even contemplating. I mean, we've done Epic Camp, and that's eight days, and uh, that we know we know we know we're near going as hard as what they would in the in the Tour de France. Oh no, we near. Relatively speaking, you know, if we yeah, if we rode as hard as they did uh, for twenty six days or whatever over the same distances that they do to start with, would be out there for an eternity. You know, the, the big mountain stages they do take them. You know five hours-ish or four and a half to sort of maybe six. John? We would be out there I for a long interrupt. time. Why? We did an interview at seven. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. The good news is John stuffed up. Yeah. We didn't have to interview until eight. Yeah. So we're okay. So first interview we are going to be late to, but an no. error worked out okay. <clears throat> so back to, the, back to the issue at hand. So what we're talking about, we're talking about the idea of having an age group Tour de France. Yes. Or... Time now, now we'll shift on to time trial starts. Okay, John, so your thoughts? Uh, I think the main thing is that the practicalities for an Ironman pro- prohibit this from happening because it would just take forever to start. But we need to remember that at Ironman Kentucky, they do do an individual start. You basically rock up to the start line and you basically dive off the um, or jump off the pier whenever and um, you just crack into it. And so, what do you mean? There's no start gun? No. No, there's a start gun, which I guess the first person goes, but the rest of the time you just line up in a, in a, in a line and you, boom, you're away. And so you, you, you are, you know, when you're coming down but the finishing Do you kind of say, do they kind of go and start as an, okay, you think you're going to do a... Somebody can correct me out there who's done the race, but basically you turn up when you want to and you, oh, well. you kick off. So you turn up at like 11, have some breakfast, so in have that a massage. Event, a few people have said, you know, it's not fair because you're running, you know, the first person across the line. Uh, the, the pros all start together, but for the, for the age groupers, um, you know, you're running along and the person next to you might have started half an hour behind you. So, um, you know, you might cr- cross the finish line, but you have a totally different time. So I, th- I think the is- one of the issues that you, that you may have at that race and at other races is if it is random order, um, you, know, you could get some swim issues where a lot of the slower swimmers, if they started earlier, are going to get a lot more of the bash by people coming up behind them and just swimming over the top of them. So I think that's a bit of an issue. You've got the cutoff issues. Again, if it was randomly done in terms of where you started, um, if the slower people happen to be at the back of the pack, then they're not going to be able to finish by, by midnight. It's going to create some issues there. Um, and I think though for the pros, you'd never want to take away the but mass But slow people would still start at the normal time, wouldn't they? Because they'd go first, wouldn't they? Well, you'd have to do it random order. Uh, 
you know. I guess you could you could have maybe the first half that hour for, for slower people, but um, but I think for everybody else, you have to do do it random order. To, to, to be fair, mm. so I think the, the you know I think p- potentially a way of doing it might be um, what about like an Olympic size race? Could you make that work? I I think that it'd be a really good spectacle to do a super sprint individual time trial um, with a small field. Um, so like as part of the World Triathlon Series, have you know yep. Simon Whitfield talked about this having a bit of variety. And if you did like a I don't know a four hundred swim, ten k bike, three k run, mm. you know, you'd be you'd be over pretty quick. Mm. Um, and I think you can make that reasonably interesting as interesting as a as a Tour de France time trial yep. because Tour de France time trials and come on I mean the, the ones at the end are, are, are interesting because you do have that it's kind of influences the race it influences the race and you, you know all the splits you know for the, for the guys at the back they know right I'm one minute 20 ahead and the guy in front of who's left uh, five riders in front of me he's finished with this time so I have to finish within X to, to win the race so but I think I think it'll work over a short distance but for an Ironman can't see it happening but we do need to look for answers to solve the drafting issue and I think what age group wave starts is probably one way to at least thin things out a bit you're still going to have drafting issues with age group wave starts but I think that's one way to address things because in Melbourne it, it looked like it was a bit of a joke at times and at Kona I love the mass start you know it's fantastic but I mean really it is a bit of a joke when you when you're standing on the queen on the um I suppose the question is how Arnie. important is it you know like <clears throat> if we are going to have a mess start, okay. Well, is, is it? Are we only doing it purely for the spectacle? Mm. You know, and if so, how? Where does it go? The spectacle is more important than you know the the continuity of the race. You know, and so we go. Okay, well, right now we love being in Kona. Two thousand people, bang, the gun goes, and you know everyone goes, and it's kind of a wicked thing to see, and it's good for the TV coverage and all the rest of it. But then you look at right where they do the age group starts, and mm. and they've got. A pretty wicked spectacle as well, and I wonder, is it that much of a worse spectacle in rope because they have wave groups, you know, age group starts, or you know what, for the general public they don't care. They see a lot of people swimming anyway, and it looks like a pretty cool thing yeah. either way. Like, and you know, you know, and, and rope, although the double lap you end up kind of having to draft a little bit in your second lap because you're passing so many slower people. But you know, in rope, you know, the drafting is probably less because I don't know because of the kind of racing, but I imagine it's a lot less because you don't have that mess start in theory it should be yeah so you know I, I think that's the way we've got to sort of start to look at going is to, to make the racing fair is to, to look at, at wave starts but you do lose that appeal you know I mean if, if you and I were in different age groups I'd want to be racing against you mm. but if you hey it's just uh, it's not a perfect world Bevan well the thing is an Ironman is most people really out racing mm. you know like I know you know when these guys are saying oh come on it's an Ironman you know but really in, in an Ironman race Five percent of the field of racing mm. actually racing. You know, I'm going to try beat that. You know, win my field, or you know, like it's it's hardly anyone. Most people are surviving the day, and if they can do well at the end, that's good. Or if they can, you know, like it's not a race. That's the thing. But if you start, uh, you're often racing against people in your age group for slots potentially, or mm. finish high up as, as you can in your age group. And so if you do it based on age groups, wave starts, then I think you know. It should work. Um, it is an ongoing problem, isn't it? And it doesn't. Yeah. It seems to be getting a little bit worse. Well, it's going to get worse because the fields are getting bigger. The sport is, again, maybe Thorsten can tell us statistically if we're getting better. I know he only tracks the, the pros, but I would say statistically on the age group side of things, people are, it is becoming more competitive um, in terms of uh, the depth of, of fields and, and, and how fast people are going across the board. So, yeah, that's... Uh, 
That's my thoughts. Okay, John, well, this week's discussion, now I need to pull up because you've got two different sets of notes for me here today. This week's discussion is, was this from one of our listeners? No, this is from me. You brought it up yourself. Okay, if you were to change or in charge of Challenge or WTC, or both. Or both. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. That'd be a pretty cool job. What things, maximum of three, would you do to improve the organisation? This is your chance to tell everybody what you would do. If you Only CEO, three. I, I put a maximum of three, otherwise people start writing books. Yep, so you'll have three things. What would be the three things that you would change we, we around like, what they're doing? We like bullet points, people, just to... Bit of a clue there. You might have to go the one dot, then the point. Yeah. Because I don't know if you do bullet points on Facebook. Yeah. Okay. Just uh, there you go. Okay. SLS try brought us this week's discussion of the week. Tell us about it, John. So use the code I am talking to get yourself a nice healthy discount. And I was on there yesterday actually doing my prep for the show, and they've got quite a good sale items area on SLS try. So if you're looking for a deal, go to slstry.com. Now I'm not sure if the discount code will work from the sale area. Well, just try it. See, really? You just try. Just give it a just try. Just, uh, if yeah. you're in the States, free shipping within the US and uh, shipping elsewhere in the world. They ship everywhere, but if, if you're outside the US, you've got to pay for it. And uh, just get on. You can get compression stuff. Um, you can get your compression socks. You can get your compression shorts. You can get your tri suits. You can get your bib shorts. You can get your calf sleeves. You can get everything. Everything you You can have your whole body. They should probably start a, a face compression mask. But yeah, like a gimp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gimpy. Yeah, That's like the name it. of it, gimpy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm starting to think up more cha- more kind of challenges. Uh, what, the gimpy challenge? I don't know. <laughs> I the wetsuit one is adequate. So if you want to get yourself compression gear, go to slstry.com and use the code IMTALK and check out the sale items area. Check, check, check it out. I'm going to put some music on, guys. Here we go. Group of the week. It put a bit of a kind of dark sound in there. It sounded a bit like dolphins kind of moaning. Okay. <laughs> just, just, you know, being a bit kind of deep and meaningful, John. Yes, very much Here we so. go. This week's age group of the week was sent through from Martin Hollywood. That's a great name. As we, as Martin, and I think I gave him the nickname Goes To. Oh, nice. Goes To Hollywood. <laughs> That's a good one. I'd like to nominate Lid, Liz Pinches for belated age group of the week. Third lady overall in Abu Dhabi short course, first age grouper in age group. Wow, um, an awesome start to 2012 for Liz after hip problems last year that required surgery. Wow, that is pretty crazy. Liz is a club captain of the Thames Turbo. Thames. Was it Thames? Thames Turbo Triathlon Club in Hampton, UK, as well as a member of the Thames Turbo Power Bar team. English is a stupid language because well, yeah. if you read that, that is Thames. Yeah, yeah. I know my readings not the flashes, but come on. <laughs> that is, we have got, you're trying to teach the kids. Our kids have like letter of the week at preschool. And so last week, was it, was it uh, K, I think? And we're like, uh, you could take a knife. Then you have to explain the silent K and all yeah. this sort of stuff. Well, we were out for dinner the other night. We were some fresh because we were in Ekaro for the weekend. And, but the French are the same because there was an E with a line over the top. I don't know much about that crap. And so I, I, I thought it must sound like a long E, mm. but it sounded like an A. Why don't we just have an A there? <laughs> That's why I like the dictionary because like I've got my Kindle and there's words I don't know. So you can just push on the screen and it'll give you your dictionary definition and they break it down to actually how it sounds. Yeah. Why, do, why isn't it spelling like that? <laughs> you know, why, why do they just go, just do it as it sounds? Look, look, your dictionary meaning always works for me. 
Okay, anyway. Back to Liz Pinches. Um, Love your work. Smoked it in Abu Dhabi, the short course race. She's 36. Uh, did you go get this information yourself? I did, yeah. Good work. Uh, she did a one point, it was a one point, the short course in Abu Dhabi is 1.5k swim, 100k bike, 10k run. She started at 8 o'clock in the morning and then she <laughs> nice, finished. Good information at, there. She finished at 12.01 and 33. So That's the nice thing about the half distance, isn't it? Mm, is it you finish at lunchtime, you know? Done and dusted. Go watch everyone else come in. She swam 24.48 for, uh, was it 1.5K? She biked 2.49 and she ran 41.56. Not too bad for 10K in that sort of heat. What's cool about the Abu Dhabi race is they do give you your lap time. Not too bad, John. She smoked it. Smoked it. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Um, But what's cool about the race is they give you your lap time for the lap around the Yasmina circuit, which is the Formula 1 thing. So they must have a timing um, map as you enter and as you you exit. So that's cool. Something to just improve year on year. 8 minutes 37 for Liz. She smoked it. Yep. So nice work, Liz. Well, I think the nice thing about Liz's story is that we all have injuries. Mm. And, you know, injuries is just a part of being an athlete and someone who pushes their body hard. But a hip injury is a pretty major one. And I don't know what surgery she had, but if you think it's a hip, if it's a hip surgery for a it's for her. Mm. It's a pretty massive injury to overcome. So, to, you know, to start your 2012 season and, and dominate the dojo. And she's club captain for the Thames Turbo <coughs> Trifling Club. So she's putting some stuff back into the sport. Thames like is the river, isn't it? The it is the river. Yeah, nice. I should have known that. Really, I? Beautiful river that it isn't is. It, isn't it just full of rubbish? Yeah. It's, it's fairly, have you swam it? Brown, brown, no. Would you swim in it? No. Why not? Because you'd get sick. <laughs> But a guy, David Williams, or whatever his name is, he's a comedian. Have you seen the programme um, Little Britain? Yes, or Come I know of it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the big. The Which tall, one, the taller one the or taller the bald guy? guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he swam the uh, the Thames River. Why? For a charity fundraiser. Did he die? Um, no, but I'm pretty sure he got quite sick. Why? But he did do it, and uh, in there. pretty impressive. How far is it? Don't know. It's quite a long way though. Oh, so it was a bit of a pretty good effort, wasn't oh, it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's quite a long. UK way. listeners, there's some good news. I'm going to the UK, John. Oh, good yep, time. September the 7th, I'm going to be in the UK. I might even try a bit of a meet-up. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a, well, I'm working, but I'm, I'm, I've got practice day on the Friday, work on the Saturday. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'll try, you know, you know there's nowhere I am. We'll so you're flying to the UK for one day's work. Well, I'm going, what's happening is, John, I'm going to Sweden. Yes. I'm going, I'm, there's a thing called Super Set Day, and Super Set Day in group fitness world is like Super Bowl. Mm. And it's literally, I'll be teaching class to, well, I, I don't know if this is exactly right, but around three or four, up to 5,000 people. Mm. I don't know if that's true. It could be exaggeration. Mm. Not sure, but apparently it's pretty much, I've taught classes to 3,000 people before. So it's it's the biggest event in the group fitness world and it's in mm. Sweden on the 1st of September. And so I'm going to Sweden to work there. And because I'm going to be in Sweden, the UK wanted me to go there as well. So I'm going to the UK and doing the weekend's work the next weekend. Mm. And then Joe and I are going to France and Italy. and Nice. Yeah, but been R and R in Europe, John. It's going to be interesting. Podcasting times ahead. Well, I've never been to the UK. Yeah, no, that's why I said Thames. Not missing out on much. <laughs> really? Oh, looking for trouble. I'm I can't. Look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm half. I'm half pommy. What do you mean? I got a British passport. Oh, just so you can you can diss it. Yeah, yeah. I love it. It's going to be my most favourite place in the world. Go the Poms. Well done to Liz for being. Oh, Liz Pincher, Pinches. You are a age, age group of the, of the week. week. Watch out, UK, I'm coming. This uh, website. Oh, do you want music? Yeah, we want some oh, music. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're gonna getting excited there. Oh, here we go. Push on. Oh, here we go. 
know, John, I'm just saying that music just came out of nowhere. Just came out of your back. Because I'll be going to, <laughs> I'm going to be going to France. Yeah. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to Sweden first. I've got to wait for four days there. Then I've got a week off before I go to France. Mm-hmm. I mean, before I go to the UK. So I'm going to go to France, Paris. Yeah. Joe's going to meet me in Paris, then go back to the UK for the weekend. Yeah. And then back to Paris. So just, uh, uh, what's a Paris word? Paris? Yeah, give me, give uh, me. Je m'appelle Bevin. Je m'appelle Bevin. Actually, we do French lessons each week okay, now. Yep, got, yep. September, you'll be fun. How do you say I love you? Je t'aime. Bevin, je t'aime. That's what Joe would say that, because otherwise you're saying I love me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have said that it's like that with me, but it's not true. Um, okay. Have you, so, have you heard, heard the song Voulez-vous coucher avec moi ce soir? Yes. Yes. You're pretty good with your French, aren't you? Yeah. You could, uh, you could use that one on Joe. What other things can you say? I can say plenty. But can you say, I want to make love with you? That's pretty much what I just said. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> nice. I know we say that Joe all the time when we're in France, John. Anyway, we've started the week. So, uh, Kid, Kid Stardust, that's a great name. Surely that can't be your real name. That's what was on the email. That is sensational. Kid Stardust. Sent through this week's website. Now, John, it's been a website before. It has, but I thought, well, well because you're going to France, oh, I'd bring, I'd bring this website Because I love swimming in. so much, so nowadays. It's a website I use whenever I organise camps. So I think Stephen's going to want to swim a lot when he's in France. Swimmer's Guide. So it's swimmersguide.com. And what it is, is it's basically a website. And it's a bit old school looking. It's pretty much just text. But the thing about it is, as it lists all the pools pretty much everywhere in the world, eh? it is very good. Well, it seems it seems pretty thorough. Whenever I've used it, it's it's been pretty thorough and pretty accurate. And that's for France and Italy. I've typically used it. So yeah, you basically pick um, the country, pick okay, the I've city. I've gone to France. Yeah, it's quite 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 topical that I was talking about going to France. Isn't it, it is. Well, I, I knew you were going to. So Jeez, it's got every place. Why don't you in. say you're going to um, Paris? There'll be a lot of swimming pools in Paris. Is there a selection there for Mulhouse? Mulhouse, look at that, John, right there. There you go, bomb. Okay, yep, clicked on it. And does it give you any swimming pools? Yes, in you've got, um, well, John, I'm pretty good at saying these things. Um, piscine, pere. Piscine is a word you need to be looking for. This is French lesson number two. That is the French word for swimming pool. Oh, piscine, pere, Marie, carré. Yep. That's pretty good, eh? Yeah. You just kind of go, eh, 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 eh. That was where I used to live in France. So there's a few swimming pools there. So. Uh, piscine, et, is it, what's ET? How do you say that? And a a yeah, but I've seen a buns. Yeah, that's where um, Bunsy swims. Yeah, okay, yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Good. So, yeah. there you go. So I mean, that, that's just picking out a random city in France, and it's uh, it's got the pools there. So it seems to be pretty thorough. Twenty five so, meters. Yeah, there's um, driving. You can drive there. Um, you can do some programs at some of them. It gives you lots of information, John. There you go. Is it a public pool? Yes. What's its postal code? There you go. So swimmersguide.com, um, if you're going travelling anywhere and you want to see if there's any pools in any city you go to in the world. So Bevan can find one in Sweden, we can find one in Paris, you can find one in London. Yep, and, we'll probably uh, go to Italy as well. Be, you'll be coming back and you will be taking me down on any swim distance. Okay, here's the goal. When we come back from, when I come back from France and Italy. And, and Think before you speak, yeah, <laughs> carry on, carry on. <laughs> we have a 50 metre swim race because I'm the current champion. Okay. Yeah. But that was a no, John. That no. was a timing error. No, no, John. <laughs> who's the, who's the current champion? Who's John? Uh, on, the, on the times, so you. I am the current down. champion. Thank you. Just I'll be happy no, to no, take no, that challenge again. I think I could take you in fifty. <laughs> oh, maybe twenty-five, because my top end's better than yours. Right. So I could probably just blow out a twenty-five. Yeah. But fifty-fifty will be a good challenge for me. You're lucky. There's no fifty-meter pool. Well, there's only a crappy fifty-meter pool left in Christchurch now. Where is it? Jelly Park. Where do you swim now? 
I don't, but uh, don't go to Joe. See, Park. that's my so advantage because I'm going to go to Pereira de Buns mm. and I'm going to dominate Dojo. 50 mm. meter swimming races coming back after we do our duathlon. Yes. The IM Talk Christchurch duathlon. We should do it. It's going to be animal sponsor, John. Extreme Endurance. Now, I was on the, on the website yesterday and um, this is one of their products I haven't actually seen yet. Um, so it must be, must be new. Uh, extreme Gut Endurance. Oh, yeah, that's going to be good. And it says, if you've ever participated in a long-distance endurance workout, you've probably at some point experienced gastrointestinal... I think it's called gluten endurance. No, gut endurance. Oh, sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, you've probably experienced GI distress like cramping and diarrhea. By wow. adding 25 billion of nine strains of beneficial probiotic cultures during training and competition, you will help in maintaining a healthy balance of intestinal flora and assist in minimizing GI distress. There are hundreds of human studies showing the benefits of probiotic supplementation. Extreme gut endurance contains a powerful concentration of 25 billion of nine strains of beneficial probiotic cultures that work together for maximum um, activity to maintain a healthy balance of intestinal flora, promote large and small intestine health, assist in the digestion of proteins, aid antifungal activity. And they're right, there is a lot of stuff on probiotics and how good they are for you. I haven't used this um, product before, but no, if, you, if you've got, um, if you've had issues in the past, well, and you've really you been know struggling what? Let's to figure just find it out. out from people who have. Mm. You know, if you, if you have your GI problems and you found a product like this, you know, has worked, let us know because for a lot of people out there, GI problems is a huge problem when it comes to Ironman racing mm. and Lance Armstrong a couple of weeks ago. And as much as you know, off, often it is uh, related to going too hard or just not quite getting the balance of your, your foods right, but sometimes there's other things going on as well. People just don't process things um, as well as as well as others so um, you know give this if, you, if you're one of those people that's been having some issues give this a crack extreme gut endurance um, use the code I am talk and you'll get yourself a discount people have been asking questions oh I've used the code I am talk and it's not working if you're doing automated delivery you need to put in the code ADIM talk and that gives you the discount nice so check it out and just let us know how it goes because if it is something that's really valuable because we don't know but if it is something that's really valuable you know, we would want to let people know about this so yeah. check 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 it out okay John and in 2007 on the <laughs> 10th of on the 15th of October 2007 at 8:27 in the morning Yes. Jamie Bray thought, I've got an idea. Yeah. I'm gonna email I am talk because our club, our little club, is you know, is, is, is you know needs needs, needs a bit of PR. Needs a bit of PR. We're doing well, but we can make it bigger. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna e- I mean email I am talk and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna let them know about it. And, he's, and so he sent us an email, he said, Cheers guys. I'm not sure what happened, I must have emailed him something. Having listened to over 30 of your shows, John, wow, he was a committed listener. <laughs> on 30, his honeymoon. On his honeymoon last year. Now catching up, he's just caught up to show number 67. He's only got 300 <laughs> to go. Well, no, he's probably there, John. Yeah. Because that was written in 2007. Show 67, that was probably our, our best show ever at that stage. Have signed up for Ironman, Ironman Lanza Grotti in 2008, his first Ironman. Apparently, he won it. Why don't you go check, we'll check out where he got? I'll, I'll carry on. Well, I don't know where to check it out. Go to, uh, just search for Ironman Lanzarotti and then go to the results for 2008. Okay. And so he signed up and he's, uh, we'll find out how don't he's done Don't touch your wire. How many times do I have to tell you? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and he signed up. And, but check out wicklowtry.com. It's my local club. Three of us set it up around four years ago and it's now one of the largest in Ireland and certainly has the biggest social following. Uh, yes, we are a bunch of pissheads too. Work hard, play hard. When I went on the site yesterday, um, one thing, that, a couple of things that I liked, and I've got this gut feeling 
that we may you should I, get some I should extreme have been my extreme gut endurance <laughs> that uh, that we may have used this website the week before, but it's, it was a good one because they have a youth program on there, which is great. They've got a list of all their coaches, and Jamie was one of their was one of their coaches. Oh, so we've got a photo of Jamie. Um, I, th- I may, may have done. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I certainly saw his name on there. Um, but one thing that they've done well as a club, from from what I could see, is they've got a good social networking thing going on Facebook you know there's quite a bit of interaction and that's a big thing you know in terms of uh, just laying down a bit of banter amongst the club members so wicklowtry.com you got to keep talking, John, because I'm just still trying to find his results. Hope you're still going. It was over four years ago. Um, but if you have got anybody else got any clubs out there, you want to give them a bit of love if you're doing some good things, or if your club is doing things that perhaps you know other clubs don't do and they might be able to take that on board, flick us an email. We'll give you a bit of love, and uh, and we may reinstigate this section of the show to being slightly more regular than once every four years. Well, John, I'm having problems here. It's taking forever to open. And so Lanzarote is coming up and it'll be coming up soon. It'll be coming up, it's usually raced in around about May time. So I saw something on Iron. Okay, so wait a second, what's his name? His name is, you know what we should have done, Bevan? What, done some prep? Could have gone to Athlinks. Oh. Um, but, uh, what's his name? Jamie Bray. Jamie? That would be dependent on Jamie, you being on Athlinks. Is it J A M I E? That is it. Good, okay. Bray. Okay, he's finding him. Yes, John, I've got him. Nice. Yes, Jamie Bray from the Great Britain, from the club. Wicklow try. He doesn't have that there. I just kind of checked that in. Um, 30 to 34. Uh, number was his, his, his number was 694. He did a 111 swim, 41. Yeah. Slow transition, Jamie. 11 minute transition. <laughs> Sharpen up. <laughs> 746 sw- bike. 15 minute, oh he was obviously struggling in the second transition as well, 15 minute, and then a six hour run, so he ended up doing 15, 50, 49, love your work Jamie, that's nice. great work, so the tri- toughest triathlon in the world, they were claiming that in 2008, probably wasn't true, but it's one of the tougher ones, yeah. Jamie Bray, you finished in a time of 15, 50, nice. got under that 16 hour mark, Nice. which is a good work, love your work. Questions and answers brought to you by TrainingPeaks.com. You think he still listens to the show? I'm sure he does. Uh, you, he probably, you, he's probably still bitter that we didn't use the the, the, the content. Well, then maybe that's the thing. Maybe he's going. You know what? These guys are. You know, they talk the talk, but they're full of crap. Yeah, right. We always deliver. It might take seven years, but we get there. Yeah, I'm trying to stay clear of this cable. Yep, you're doing well. Yeah, yeah. What are we talking about now? Uh, questions and answers. Questions and answers. Okay, this one's here from David Pierce, and he's got. Not sure if you saw this, but another Ironman maybe in North America. Looks like in Santa, Santa Cruz, Cruz yeah. they're trying to do it. And Andrew Messick has publicly stated this that they for sure are looking to try to get an iron distance race somewhere in California because it's you know it's one of the big hotbeds of triathlon. It's the, the original place of doing a lot of triathlon, not just in America but worldwide in terms of starting things off. And uh, they have no Ironman there, so they're working on that. Apparently, there's a bit of a uh, bit of behind the scenes stuff going on in Santa Cruz. Bevan, you, you could, uh, we, we could have Macca news every week. You've got Lance news every week. Well, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of curious if this is true or not. So did it come out on April the 1st? That's what I'm wondering. Well, I, th- I would think it probably is true because he's talked about it before. So Mac has tweeted he's going to do Comrades Marathon next year. Interesting or a wind-up? <coughs> Macca tweets a lot too, so it's hard to know. Yeah, so I would say he's talked about it before, and I think it's something he would love to do. So I would suggest that it's probably possibly not a wind-up. But the only thing I would wonder is... Is this, you know, if you're going to do comrades, when is comrades? 
I have a feeling it's sort of March, April. Yeah, because the, the Marathon Talk boys did it, and I seem to recall that they're doing it around that time. But um, it's not going to screw you, totally screw your whole season. Oh, really? I mean, I mean it's going to bang. If, if you did it in March, you know, your main part of your season for the North American and, and Northern Hemisphere season is sort of June, July, August, September. Um, of course, you'd take a bit of um, recovery time from it. But, but that amount of running as well, because you're going to have to do a lot more running leading into it. No, I... I yeah, he's got nothing to prove anymore. That's the thing with him. He's got a world Olympic distance title. He's got a couple of Kona titles. Does he need to keep going back and proving himself at Kona, or he, he wants to go? No, but and you got to think. Well, I, you, you know what? Mac is Mac, and Mac is going to do what he wants to do. But the interesting thing I think is that if you look at it and you go, well, he's you know he's still got a couple of years where he could win Kona. I know, you know, you doubt that. <laughs> but you doubted it last time he'd win. But he's still a competitive athlete. Yeah. And he's still got a few more years in his career where he could still, you know, bring home some bacon. So Comrade seems like the kind of thing you do once you've finished your career. So is it that he's looking to finish his career this season and doing Comrades? Or is he, as it is, just, hey, I'm just doing different stuff now and I'll do different races? Do maybe, maybe we'll ask him when we go to Kona. Yeah, when, we'll, when we're doing a pre-race interview when he's getting ready to lay the smack down on the race. In Kona. Well, no, because he'll, he'll Olympic gold medalist, but then he'll probably retire. That's true. Just saying, That's John. true. I'm in Texas 70.3. Listen to your race report. Think you may have been another case of John. No, you've been getting a bit of a hard time lately, actually, getting his result, looking at the race results. Because someone else I, gave an email the other day. The I can't co- sit and watch triathons all weekend. The, the, the person <laughs> who gave the, the age group of the week who I didn't send the link through to you, um, the attachment, they gave, oh, your facts aren't always right. Okay, relax. Anyway, John, sort your creep out. I okay. love that I take no responsibility for that. I watched online and yes, Lance did sit in, but broke away halfway through and put the hammer down. He was caught towards the end by Paul Ladd. Uh, Pelé. Pelé, is it? Yep. See, where's the T? <laughs> That's the last letter in the French. Most French words, last letter you don't pronounce that, unless it's followed by a vowel. There you go. How's that the next name then? Well, it's German. I'm not German. How's that? Well, Click Kilner. Kilner was a warrior on the day. I think. He dug massively deep in last um, the last mile to battle. Tuno Domino. Ironman coverage was excellent apart from the cutting out the last 30 seconds of the race. That's, yeah, that's not a good time to cut out. On a separate but uh, relative note, uh, it is fascinating to see the tweets of some pros relance. Let's just say, not convinced they're all happy with the circus surrounding him. What do you think about the circus surrounding him? It is what it is, Bevan. And yeah. it's, it, I don't know. I think it's, you know what? And actually, for them, they should be kind of going, you know what? It's bringing more money to our sport. Exactly. You know what I mean? And if I'm a pro and it's going to bring more money to my sport and, you know, the thing is Lance brings up all your insecurities, doesn't he? Mm. You know, because you've got to Lance and all that mm. kind of stuff. But if you think about it, I'm just saying that. Here you go. High five. Do you want to talk about that? No. No, okay. Paul Hackett sent through an email. John, what did he say in his email? He said, great show, guys. Love to listen each week, even for New Zealanders. Yeah, he's Australian. Um, I've completed Ironman Western Australia nice. in December, then backed up for Melbourne and then completing the trio with Cairns in early June. Wow, that's hardcore. Any recommendations on the backup from Melbourne to Cairns in 10 weeks? Um, excuse me for a second, Paul. Be- Bevan will just interlude for a moment. First of all, I'd probably say it depends on what sort of training your, you know, your race is built up for. <laughs> Um, as Bevan was said when we've, we've talked about this before sort of in the, the pre-stage not when you've already done your, your first one or in your case you've actually done your second one um, if you are trying to back up and do good performances in all of them you know, generally recommendation is that you try not to taper off 
quite so much for say for say Melbourne and uh, and then you really try to crack straight back into it so in terms of your training so your recovery is really really important straight after the race and then getting back into normal aerobic training fairly quickly um, not not hardcore stuff and it might be slightly unstructured I think for you you know backing up three races the mental fatigue is probably going to be fairly high and the, the motivation to keep kicking on is going to be um, going to be part of your challenge so yeah normal advice is a little bit less taper Try to get straight back into things as quickly as you can after the race, but really low intensity active recovery work. Um, in, in April, the rate obviously Ironman Melbourne was in March, late March, April. Um, I'd suggest you get back into a good amount of longer, um, you know, steady work. And then uh, in May, probably look to do a, sim a good simulation session, a big key weekend where you're basically doing a you know, a, a really long, solid Ironman pace ride and then a long, solid Ironman pace run the next day and then you'd be into taper taper mode into the, into the race. So I think a couple of main tips would be I wouldn't suggest doing much, or if, if any, racing between those events because that's going to bang you around quite a, bit, quite a bit more. Good aerobic training straight after the race to get back into it, not leaving yourself too much recovery time um, and then a bit of race-specific work close to the race. Nice work, Mark Scudmore's got a um, message, um, cold water swims, I get uh, a serious case of nausea whenever I swim in cold water, I'm fine during the warm up but when I swim around 400 metres into the race I get really nauseated, I had a DNF uh, at a triathlon once because I was too sick to complete the swim, I don't have this problem when I swim in warm water, is this a common problem, do you have any ideas of how to solve this? I do exterior triathlons so the swims are often very cold lakes and reservoirs. Um, so if it is a common problem, maybe a triathlete should be discussing it. So it's not a common problem that I've come across By the way, this Mark, before. the missile, Scudamore. There you go. Yeah. Um, it's not a problem I've heard of a lot. No. Uh, so my, when I was trying to think it through, one thing that I think potentially could be happening is that because the water is so cold, you're potentially moving your head um, probably a bit more aggressively in terms of when you go to breathe or you or oh, perhaps that's a good way of thinking about it well, mate. you've gone deep perhaps you've changed you change your head position because that obviously when you're swimming in cold water you know most of your body is protected by the wetsuit um but your face is not and that's you know often you want to make that sort of jerking movement to keep it out of the water so that's sort of what i'm inkling towards is because we do so you actually think he's straining his neck yeah, well, just move, throwing his head to, to breathe probably a bit quicker and then he's actually getting a bit seasick because we do hear of a lot of people getting seasick when they're swimming in um, open water, you know, more in ocean swims just from the, the up and down yep. motion of the sea. So I, that would be my gut feeling is that you are moving your head more aggressively or you've changed it in some way and then you're getting a little bit seasick. So my suggestion would be is um, if you don't already have one go and get a um a skull cap so like blue 70 do a, a near and most sweatsuit companies do do a a, um, a wetsuit material hat that you can put underneath your swim cap that keeps your head a lot warmer and if you pull that right down over your forehead right to your goggle line that's going to keep your forehead a bit warmer so it'll make it a little bit more comfortable for you um secondly would be to just practice more often in the cold, cold water and get used to it and while you're doing that trying to keep your head um, a lot smoother in the water and maintain normal breathing pattern. And then the only other suggestion I could potentially think of, again, to try to keep your face um, a little bit warmer, is there's those big goggles you can get. I think they're called barracudas. Ecosphere. 
Equi- yeah, you're right there. Well done, Equisphere. Yeah. Uh, you're not just a pretty face. Well, I try. Um, I have two S. Giving, giving them a bloody free plug, but they're the, <laughs> the really ugly ones. <laughs> there you go, free plug. With I the, bought them for my first Iron Man, and they oh. kind of got all fogged. They were hopeless, but you know. Well, no, but it was because I didn't know how to put them on. They're a bit of an art form to put on because they're so big. Yeah. And if you can figure that out, they're great. But yeah. So they're the really big ones that don't have a nose piece. It's like having a, a scuba like diving not, yeah, mask yeah. without the bit that goes over your nose. So that might help to keep your face just a fraction warmer as well. So hopefully those few tips there. I think the other thing as well is, is, is John's talking about how you know the cold may make you change your technique. Is, is trying to because one thing that we need to be aware of in all types of movement is that it's a body awareness thing. And it, you know, like if you go to a guy who swam forever. Mm. You don't even, he doesn't even know why he swims well. He's just in that place where, you know, you think about learning stuff. So what is it? You have your subconscious incompetence, conscious incompetence, conscious competence, and then subconscious competence. And so the idea is that's the different learning. So when you first start out, you don't know you're bad mm. and you can't tell. Then you know you're bad, but you know, but you know you can figure it out. You can do that sort of, uh, who was that um, vice president? Dick. Dick Cheney and he said you know what you don't know and you know what you know and then you don't know what we do know and, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. and then so then the next level is you know you're you, then you get competent and you know you're good but you need to be conscious in doing it and then you get to subconscious competence and that's where you can just be great at it and without knowing it and, and for a lot of people depending on where you are if you're swimming you're in one of those stages so you might be subconsciously bad not even know it and then you might kind of figure out okay I am bad these are the things I need to improve and then so on so if you are in that place I don't know where you are Mark with you and swimming but to get to that place where you at least can be conscious of what it feels like when you swim well and then start to notice around when you are in the cold swimming what does change like John's talking about head movement but also other things do you change your stroke more do you try to turn over faster because you're you know you're cold all those types of things and then trying to go back to that feeling you got when you're normally swimming in the pool and it's one of those things that we probably all need to think around without any type of movement is when I'm moving correctly how does that feel and uh, like in like in because if, once you understand that feeling, that's what you should be aiming for more and more often. And as conditions change, and, and particularly when you're racing, if, if fatigue sets in, if you can go back to that feeling more, like mm. John always talks about going back to process. Mm. And that process really is taking them back to the right feeling of the movement. And for you in, in cold, is if you can learn when you're normally swimming, just to ask yourself, okay, well, okay, I feel I'm swimming well right now. What are the feeling I have in my body as I'm doing this? And then it was interesting when I did Wanaka mm-hmm. half a couple of years ago, I had a pretty good swim considering I hadn't really swam and you know, and I'm not a traditionally good swimmer. But I instantly got back to what does it feel like when I'm in the water and, and I was able to find my stroke and that feeling. And, and practicing stroke right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm always stroking, John. <laughs> and, uh, and so, but yeah, and so, you know, if you can become more aware of how you're feeling when you're swimming well, then as conditions change or as fatigue sets in, you can aim for that. So as John was saying, if you, you know your head movement's going out, that feeling or having at least a marker of how you should feel will be, uh, help you move back to what you normally swim like. So Very deep, even nice. Also the feeling and also the visual. I definitely agree the feeling is, is a big part of it. But also when you've, when you've got that um, feeling in training, try to get a visual of what you think you look like and then you can use that as a bit of a mental cue when you're racing as well. And even like word markers, you know what I mean? Like mm. if, you know, like, you know, John talks about going back to process and it's, it's kind of same stuff, you know, if you go back to process and you think about words that trigger so one thing we do with our runners is we say you know like posture for people who haven't ran much mm. you know tilting and forward hips. yeah it's one of our biggest things we talk about and so we just say every time you turn a corner you have to say posture up 
Mm. You know, and it just gives them that indicator of going back to and if we can keep, it's kind of that whole posture when you're sitting at your desk and if you have a sticker on your computer and every time you see that sticker, you just think lift up. And sometimes we need those awareness tools as well. So that's another way of thinking about it. What, what do you got here for TP? Training Peaks. Training Peaks, John. <laughs> so we've talked about over the last few weeks, um, if you use the code IAMTALK, you're 15% off um, any of the paid subscriptions. And if you're just going to go and check out Training Peaks, um, do go through IAMTALK.me, click on the logo so then they can sort of track how many people go through there. Last week we had Hunter Allen on the, the show talking about TSS, your training stress score. Um, tonight, tonight we're actually doing an interview with... Paul Newsom from yeah. Swim Smooth, and that's going to be on next week's show talking about TSS for swimming. Um, and obviously, these interviews we're doing, uh, you know, generally sort of around about the 30 minutes mark, and they're huge topics. Um, if you want to find out some more, you go to trainingpeaks.com, click on resources, and then there's a, an hour long um, webinar that Gordo and Alan Cousins did. Um, talking about who we've got on the show next week as well. Sorry, Alan Cousins. Exactly, yeah. we're on the show next week as well, and we're interviewing in three minutes' time. Yep. Um, Let's not forget that one. So go to click on the resources, and then they've got a whole bunch of things on there. They've also got some webinars that are coming up as well. Um, so you can look at past ones, and then they've got some coming up that are really good power-specific ones. Really good as well because they're, they're actually like a it's a webinar, obviously, so it's a video. So they're actually going through and showing you, mm. you know, what you should be looking for and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually you've got that visual representation as well mm. Mm. so there you go there's plenty of resources go to trainingpeaks.com um, click on resources and then you scroll down a bit and well, they've got the upcoming webinars at the top you scroll down a bit and then there's a bit on, on TSS and a uh, whole bunch of other things as well so check it out on trainingpeaks.com well John I've actually got another email for you have well, you? yeah yep, Tim Hemming Tim Hemming my good friend I finally so got his name tennis right. player was that? Ten tennis yeah, player yeah it's, it's his brother yeah. Did you not know that? No. No, they're, they're brothers. Heming Hill. Heming Hill. There we go. Um, he's, 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 you know what? People do these fundraising things. Do you ever yeah. fundraise for a race? You know, put a charity yeah, next to no, it? No, but I'm, I'm looking at doing some stuff for some other events. Yep. What, like? Well, just having a having a charity um, that people can fundraise for, you know, for the, for the House Travel Triathlon or whatever one they want to do. Good. Well, Tim Heming's doing that, and he's fundraising for, what's he actually fundraising for? He's fundraising for something, and let me have a look here. He's fundraising for Cancer Cure. Mm -hmm. So I think it's for kids, actually, based on it. But what he's doing is, you know, he's doing, he's going to do the London Marathon. Love your work. And he wants to fundraise lots of money, which you do. And he's doing really well. He's just about got £1,000 already, so he's kicking some butt, and it's all good. So it's his fifth year he's done the London Marathon, so he recommends it to anybody. Have you mm -hmm. done the London Marathon? No. He recommends it to you. Great. So, and, but the thing is... <laughs> He really wants to fundraise a lot, so he's got this. He's got a solution to get, getting lots of people to fundraise, and to me, it seems like a stupid solution. Okay, but Tim, love your work. So what he's doing is he's got a dramatic action, social experimenting. So what he wants to do, anyone who sponsors him, he'll buy them a free pint of London Pride. They sponsor the race mm -hmm. anywhere in the world. Right. So if you donate to Tim. He's going to get you, so it's a genuine offer. I'll get them either in person, a pigeon carrier, or using worldwide triathlon community. He'll get you a, a pint of London Pride to you, somehow to your pub or we, to you. Should we put this to the test and see if we can get so London team, Pride? So team, 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 here we go. Like, he wants to fundraise, and, and good on him, because you know, most of us just go send the email out and you, you know, he get a you know, thousand bucks and it's, you know, it's all good for good causes. But he's, I, I, said, I wrote back to him and said, do you know what you're doing here? <laughs> he goes, yeah, 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 I'm committed. 
it's going to be a year's work, <laughs> especially if we can get behind it. So, guys, what we want you to do, I'm going to put a link to it on www.imtalk.me. I even put it on Facebook this week. Tim Hemings fundraising page. You know, you go there, you donate some money. Now, I don't even think he says there's a stipulation on how much you donate. Yeah. But yeah, don't, don't, don't be too stingy. Don't be too stingy. But donate now, and he's going to get you a free London Pride drink anywhere in the world. I, Tim... I think you've made a foolish amateur error here. <laughs> yeah. Have you checked your shipping fees? Have you che- <laughs> <laughs> but he's committed. He's doing it for the kids, John. And it's a, he believes the children are the future. Uh, Treat them well and let them lead the way. <laughs> Show them all the beauty they possess inside. That's what he told me. Right. So, Tim, you're a madman. So, anyway, I'll put a link there on www.iontalk.me. You get a free pint of London Pride. And he's going to be crying, isn't he? So, <laughs> what was I thinking? It's 8 o'clock. Okay, that means we've got an interview. We're back in a second. And we're back, and we must say that uh, a few weeks ago we got a, we got a joke of the week, and it was appalling. It was. And we've got we've got. Wait a second, I'm like, yes, that's what that's what I was sounding funny. I couldn't hear myself. Uh-huh. But this week we've got another. We have another one. I'm looking at last week's notes. Next week's notes. I think this might me. be an old one as well. This this joke, and I don't think we've used it before, but we may have. But I think that was sitting on my old joke of the week file. But Mike Cochran. Yeah, he sent it through. Mac. Oh, sorry, Mick. Sorry, Mick. Mick Cochran sent it through. G'day, guys. I stole this joke out of our Tri Club newsletter. I wonder what a Tri Club is. They could be the club of the week. Nice. <laughs> okay, John, I'm, sta- I'm telling it. Why can't a bicycle stand up on its own? I don't know, Bevan. Why can't a bicycle stand up on its own? Nice work there. Because it's too tired. Nice. Okay, I've got my few, Bevan. Okay, go. It's not a Tri Club specific one. Go, go, go. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo hoo. Boo hoo. You gotta say boo hoo hoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on his own. It's okay. No need to cry. Uh-huh. Okay, John. What do you call a man in the bath? No arms or legs. Stranded. I don't know. Bob. Bob. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call a man, a woman with one leg shorter than the other? A woman one leg shorter than the other. Eileen. <laughs> nice. What's your mum's name? Marlene. <laughs> 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 Anyway, oh, I did my nicknames, but that's for next week's show. So I just it is. We're going to be doing the nicknames for um, the people we've been donating to the show next week on the show. So if you have donated, listen up next week. We'll have those for you. And uh, that's going to be all good. John, last sponsor. Coffeesofwai.com. If you get gift giving time, Bevan, it's gift giving season. It really is. It really is. You know what? All season should be gift giving, John. That's right. So always go to Coffees of Y. I was just on there and they've got these um, these sample coffee packs. So if you're struggling, you're thinking, I don't know nice. what the hell sort of thing to get, um, you can go on there. They've got a, a beach tote, um, which is three seven ounce bags. Then they've got the beach tote nine by two ounce samplers. So here, I had some of them for all oh, kitty cats. Oh, oh dear. cats in the house, tapster. That gives you a sample selection of nine distinct 100% Hawaiian nice. coffee that's, that's kind of a, that's a good gift, isn't it? And they're just small little bags. So you get a bit of a taste of everything and then you've got the Molokai 3 so you've got three two ounce packs of Molokai stuff and then you've got the, the three island three pack which is three different coffees again so you just go, go on to Coffees of Y and uh, you click on the they've got the button for sample coffee packs use the code um, codes I am talk and get yourself a nice discount and they'll ship anywhere in the world so check it out Coffees of Y well, but John we're not finished we're not finished Peter Colson coffee. sent through Coffee Fact a Coffee Fact yeah. because I did the Coffee Fact for a bit and then I fell off the bandwagon mm-hmm. but people are loving it John Honestly, last week I got a thousand emails asking thousands. for the coffee. Good. Thousands, thousands of my whole week was consumed. It's a bit of like exaggerating with your three thousand people that are going to be in, in London. Well, five. It was ten thousand, wasn't it? I think it's twenty. Twenty. Yeah. Fifty. No, it was fifty. <laughs> I got a hundred. A hundred. A million around people. Hundred. 
I'll get photos. I'll get, yeah, it's pretty cool. Anyway, <laughs> did you know, John? No, I didn't know. Well, you're going to find out. Ethiopian church banned coffee until the middle of the 19th century because it was used as a religious and religious ceremonies. Mm. So, yeah, well, big producer of coffee, Ethiopia. And they banned it. Mm. Turkey also banned coffee in the 17th century for political reasons. <laughs> coffee was also associated with rebellious political activities in Europe. Maybe you wonder, doesn't it? It does make you wonder. You look like you're just about to wonder. Wondering I am indeed. I am a wanderer. Okay, John's sponsors are? Coffeesforway.com. Give us more facts for next week's show. Well, you can't because next week we're... I'll get one for next week's show. Okay. Yep. Um, extreme Endurance. Um, get rid of your GI. That's right. GI Joe. Did you like GI Joe when you were a kid? No, I wasn't really into GI Joe. What were you into? I'm superstars wrestling. We discussed this. No, last no, no. Week. But you must have been like we Transformers. Masters. Oh, you tra- I was Masters of the Universe. Thomas is into his trans- likes Transformers. Op- oh, really? So are Prime. you loving that? Optimus Prime. Uh, I don't want him watching Transformers. It's a bit violent. Oh, he's a boy. Yeah. No, he doesn't get. He, get, he just gets to play with Transformers. He doesn't get to watch it. But when he plays with them, does he play with them violently? Uh, do they beat no. each other up? No, not really. Or do they, 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 just they hug each other? Op- Optimus Prime, and uh, Athlinks.com. Um, the cat's scratching me. <laughs> um, just do it. Claim your results And be famous Be famous John what's your goss uh, For holiday next week Quite excited about that Easter weekend Beautiful Easter weekend yeah. We were over in Ekero For the weekend nice. Stunning Easter egg hunt With the kiddies It was a lot of fun We had four cousins down For Thomas to play Now John with. I have an issue With my family I'm sure I've talked About this in the past But Go crazy Mum Mum Don't do it I, the problem is I have to end up eating chocolate to save the kids yeah I'm sure you do I did you've got to break your eight pieces a day rule I do on Easter I tell you what in the last two days I've had years worth of chocolate been good too no palm oil we went to, we went to Arana Park big um, wildlife park outside of Christchurch got to say no to palm oil whenever you see palm oil because it's where they take the tigers well, they, they, they make chocolate at Arana Park yeah they do yeah. <laughs> palm oil if, you cho- if your chocolate's got palm oil say no why is it wrong because it, the, the, the palm oil comes from the, the tigers, where the tigers live, they chop down all the palm oil tree, palm trees. And, How do you know uh, if it's got palm oil or not? Because it'll say, it's got in the ingredients palm oil. Oh, so you've got to check? Yeah, but oh, I have to do it all the time with gluten stuff, so it's not a big deal. <sighs> John, I had a dream. Did you? I had a weird dream. A vision? No, I had a dream. I had a dream that you and I were going to Kona. Yeah, that's not a dream, it's a reality. Well, well, yes, but it was obviously the reality influenced the dream. Yeah. So I had a dream we were going to Kona, and we were over there doing Kona, and for some reason I thought, oh, I'll do the race. Yeah, just but what I'll do is I'll just use it as a training day. Yeah. Obviously dreams aren't real team, just, <laughs> just so you know that. So I had this dream, and so I, so what's happening in the dream was uh, uh, we were over there. I, you aren't in the dream much. I just think yeah. you were there. in the night time, the yeah, cuddles. Just for my cuddles, <laughs> just to cry myself to sleep at night. <laughs> Boo-hoo-hoo. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> so, so I turned up to Kona, thought well I must use it a bit of a training day mm-hmm. have a swim have a blinder of a swim mm-hmm. and then I'm on the bike and I've only got crowy and crowy and macro in front of me yeah so I'm third off the bike John nice and I'm going to transition I didn't bring my shoes oh no I know and so I'm running around could someone give me some shoes and no one give me shoes and and time was ticking away and then I finally got some shoes and then I couldn't remember where my bike was oh. Oh. you didn't have your race plan strategically done with all your checklists on it well, I didn't. Oh, it was a training day, John. I didn't realise I was going to be third off the bike in Kona. Could have got some coin. And, well, yeah. Damn. It's frustrating. I think it's. I think that dream represents the loss of athlete and self. Mm. You know, yeah. I used to be a bit of a. You know, bit of a bit of a legend. Give up now, Bevan. Went to Ekorol for the weekend. Romantic nice. weekend. Yeah, yeah. It was a bike there. No, but my mate Jeff did. He came over the next day and met Jeff, the ref's wife, last week. Oh, did you? Where did you meet Kate? 
it's good. St. Andrews. Oh, what's that? Well, you're doing, oh, because you're doing your try stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's a small little world, isn't it? Yeah, it's is a small little world. Kate the ref, we call her. <laughs> I'll pass that on. <laughs> right, what about this week, John? Uh, what have I got on this week? Um, full on week because uh, we've already lost a day because of Easter Monday and we're going to Kaiteri on Saturday for a week. Why so, didn't you work on Monday? Sorry? Why didn't you work on Monday? You're trying to negotiate that with my wife. Doesn't happen. <laughs> show notes. Got my show notes done yesterday. That was excellent. You're under the thumb, aren't you? How much under the thumb are you? If, if there's a comparative level, like some guys are really under the thumb, and then some guys have total freedom, although they're married, where do you sit? Well, I'm a negotiator. Oh. It's give and take, you see. Really? You know, um, yeah, I've always got to strategize, you know. I want to do this, you'll get that. <laughs> so you probably sit in the mid range. Mm, totally okay. in the mid range. Okay. It's probably a good place to be. Yeah. Okay. I'm Russ. I'm Midon. Train hard. Train hard. Kick, Kick hard. hard.